There ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, need them in the summer. All winter without them is a culinary bummer. I forget all about the sweating and digging. Every time I go out, pick me a pig. Good morning and welcome in Yard and Garden Live on today's best country. Full Red 99.5. Uh, we call it Yard and Garden Live because uh, we take your phone calls and get your questions answered to anything that might be going haywire in your garden or your yard. <laughs> and uh, here to solve all those problems for you, uh, the Nebraska Extension educator, Nicole Stoner, and her guest uh, today. We'll introduce uh, that character here in a bit, but first we have a little round of applause for Nicole. Thank you very much. Very always much. such a warm welcome. I know, I know. They're always, they're always happy to see you. <laughs> yeah, it always makes me feel good. Just happy to see you. Um, so, uh, today's guest, uh, somebody who's been around ever since I've been around. Yeah, yeah. I brought with me Steve Karloff. He is a district forester for the Nebraska Forest Service. So, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. So, yeah. Nicole, you've never been booed, huh? I don't think so. Well, That's great. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but uh, let's not go there. <laughs> okay. uh, so, uh, yeah, Steve, is, uh, uh, you know people in our area. You've been down in this area doing things before. You, I know all about the Steel Canyon, uh, Steel City Canyon trees, the round uh, trees there, uh, the cedar trees. And uh, just uh, what do you do on a, you know, on a kind of a day-to-day uh, -day basis? On an average day or whatever, I... Lately, I've been in a interim position doing a lot more administrative stuff. Nah, that's not good. No, it's not. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm kind of going to step back into the district forester role here again, or whatever, and and get more out in the field, and uh, you know, primarily just work with uh, rural landowners. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people want to look, have their windbreaks looked at, or uh, have their timber managed, or maybe they want to plant some trees. Um, just a wide variety of things. That's what makes the job so beautiful or whatever. So it's, it's kind of different every day. Yeah, great. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is uh, the rural areas is uh, a home to a whole lot of windbreaks. And, man, oh, man, until I started doing uh, this job, this taking on this responsibility, I really didn't really, you know, uh, I drive by a windbreak and I go, oh, yeah, big bunch of trees. <laughs> Not really giving it much thought. Uh, and then come to find out, not only are they really, really useful, they're really kind of expensive. And uh, if you, if if you would lose your complete windbreak, would not be a good thing. No, so, no. there's That's a lot of great benefits from a windbreak. Yeah, but they are some work, and they do need to be paid attention to. And uh, especially now with what they call those bagworms, um, a lot of people are, you know. Looking at their uh, wind, their uh, their windbreak. So, uh, if you have a question about anything, it doesn't have to be about trees. Uh, you can call four zero two seven two nine three three eight three, and we can get you an answer speedy quick here on Yard and Garden Live. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Once again, four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. And since we broached the topic of bagworms, let's mm -hmm. go ahead and. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the progress. Where where are we in uh, in bagworm season? Well, according to growing degree days, we should be hatching here 
any time, I would say. Yes, I would imagine. It's always around this first week mm -hmm. or two of June. Well, I haven't Seems had calls that they're out and active yet. I'm hoping, still hoping, that the <laughs> cold weather, finally, you know, if we're going to get negative 29, at least do some good and take out those bagworms, right? Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that that kind of knocked the population way back, but I don't know where we're at. I've not um, heard a status check. Have, have I, have, I have not either, really. Um, and quite honestly, I've got them on my spruce in the backyard, and I was looking the other day, and I didn't see anything. Yeah, so. So. You got them on your what? My spruce. My blue oh, spruce. I thought you said on my fruits, and I was mm -hmm. going, you got fruit trees in your backyard with bagworms, huh? Yeah. No. no. Okay. So that's, spruce, you know, yeah. that's the key with bagworms is to make sure that you see them before you spray them because um, you're not spraying as a preventative. You have to spray once they're active and moving around and chewing on the tree and that. So, um, so. What I've been telling people is just go out, you know, at least every once a week or every two or three times a week and really inspect your tree. You'll see the little bags start coming on. They look like the big bags, but just teeny tiny. Yeah. yeah. Right and, th now. and that's it. What, that's <coughs> the whole thing is mm -hmm. you're not going to see them unless you look real close. Right. Because they're pretty, they're pretty small at this stage or right. whatever. So. You won't notice them uh, from a distance until they're too big to spray. Right. You know, once mm -hmm. they're two inches long, that's too much. It, that's too big. We have a couple of callers already. Uh, Tyson from Firth, we're going to get to you, but uh, we have Myron from Adams right uh, running, uh, calling in right before you. So, uh, hello, Myron. Uh, what's your question? Myron, are you there? I'm sorry. Say that again. Hello there. Oh, I, I, I lost you there for a minute. Are, am I on? Yes, you are. Okay. We have... Uh, at our house, we have a, I call it kind of a, a bushy plant that maybe is not a plant, but it looks more like a tree with a lot of little leaves. It's maybe three or four foot tall, about that wide. And I've noticed uh, as I drive around, a lot of them also, they they are completely brown mm -hmm. except for maybe the bottom six inches or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's green. Yep. Yeah. It looks like maybe the, we got winter killed or what? Yep. what do we need to do to them? Or, yeah. or, or do we just take them out? Yeah, that's a common problem we're seeing throughout the area this year. Negative um, 29 wasn't good on those. That was it, the boxwoods? <laughs> Probably or? a boxwood or a yew or a burning bush, one of those three. Is that kind of what we're thinking, Myron? One of well, the, it, like it, an evergreen has, type? I know it has the real little leaves. It has the leaves all the way to the ground. It's kind of like a bushy tree almost. Stays you green know, all year, though? Does it stay? Yeah, they're a fight. They're a finer, smaller leaf, mm -hmm. you know, but it's not a real small leaf. And there, there's just tons of leaves on it, so right. I don't know whether it's a bush or a tree. Right. So, um, yeah, so that uh, that would be winter kill. And the reason we're seeing the green at the bottom is we had, when the real cold weather came, we had 12 inches of snow on those plants, right, 12 to 14 inches. Um, and so that yep. snow actually insulated that bottom portion of the plant. You wouldn't think that snow would do that, but it actually it kept it from getting too cold. Um, and so that's why we're seeing that with most of them. Basically, I'm just saying cut out the brown and let the green regrow. Um, depending on the type, some of them you can go all the way to the ground, but not all of them. Um, so I think I would just try to cut out the dead um, and kind of reform it a little bit. And it, they're going to look rough for a couple of years probably. Um, but they should grow oh. back out of it. <clears throat> But they they should they should come back to life then, and they should next yeah. year. Hopefully, we'll have some green or whatever. So, yeah. Okay. By the end of this season, I think you would see some some new green growth, and they should be coming out of it pretty good. But yeah, it's common, very common. I I don't know how many calls I 
I've had on that this year. It's yeah, we've a, it's had a, a lot, rough one. We've had a lot on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the thing that, the, that whatever is dead now, it's not going to come right, back. Right, right. That is, that is done, so go ahead and get rid of that. Okay. It's not going to just cut that stuff out. Okay, thank right. you much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks Bye. for the call. And Tyson in Firth, hi. How are you doing? Pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, I actually had a couple questions. Go ahead. The first it, one has to do with green ash trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought in some... And this is pertaining to the ash borer. I bought some stuff you mix in the in water and then you pour it around the trunk of the tree. Mm-hmm. Is that worth doing or not? Well, with um, that is one way to treat it. That's um, probably not the most effective way. Um, we kind of found out that the best way to to actually treat if you're trying to you know uh, keep the emerald ash borer out is is the trunk injection. Um, that, uh, tends to even, even last a little longer. You can inject the trunk and, and be good for a couple years. Usually the soil drench, when you do that, um, it's only good for about a year. Okay. Uh, where do you, where do you buy the trunk injection stuff at? Uh, you know, you'd I, have to have a pest control company do that. Oh, you do? Okay. It's yeah. a, the equipment is specialized and the chemical is restricted use. Okay. Okay. Um, and the other thing to remember is you're in Firth. We haven't found EAB within 15 miles of Firth at this point. Okay. Um, so we say we recommend waiting till it's within 15 miles because every time that you do a trunk injection, you are wounding the tree. Okay. So, I mean, Steve, if you have more yeah, that's thoughts a, on that, too. That's exactly so. right, Nicole. Is, is you know, it, as long as you can delay doing that, mm-hmm. because once you get started with it, um, you pretty much do have to do it about at least every other year. And, again, it, it's going to just kind of prolong things because, like I say, you cannot inject back into the same hole year after year or, mm-hmm. or time after time. You've got to keep moving around the tree. So every time you stick those uh, injector nozzles in there or whatever, you're kind of killing a little bit of that outside of the tree that carries the nutrients up and down. Okay. So, uh, again, um, the longer you can prolong having to do your first one, the better off you'd be. Okay, perfect. And then my second question was has to do with ground squirrels. Uh, mm-hmm. We live in a development that, have eight, that has eight houses, and we've seen a lot of ground squirrels everybody's yard but there's also a lot of cats and dogs and stuff is there any way to either deter them from being in our neighborhood or get rid of them permanently no wait a minute are you trying to get rid of the cats and dogs or the ground squirrels <laughs> uh, i'm confused uh, you know? uh, most of, mostly just the ground squirrels okay just the ground squirrels well i think you're i think getting rid of ground squirrels the cats would be your best friend don't you think i don't know i don't know anything about ground squirrels are they the are they the ones that have the lines down their back? Yep, yep. Okay. Well, the the one thing I do know about those, those are actually uh, probably the little bit easier ones to take care of and control because they only have single tunnels. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So what you do is you find out where they, they pop up, and a lot of times you can, you know, stick a hose or something down there or whatever and flush them out the other end of the hole because they don't have – Many burrows like moles and golfers do, or whatever. Yeah, so. and and, and uh, we had uh, Dennis Ferraro. Thank you. Yes. And he he was saying that if you find the you know both holes that are connected, <laughs> if you put a plastic milk jug on top of the one hole and kind of weight it down, maybe with a brick or something, so it doesn't blow away, and then you put the water in the other hole, the ground squirrel will shoot right through that hole and go right into that milk jug yes and then you've got Mm -hmm. there you've got a half gallon of uh ground squirrel (laughs) milk i guess 
<laughs> so that yeah, that would be. I mean, that would be a cheap, easy way to start. You know, trying yeah. to do that. Yeah. The I, other thing is they they don't like they like the low vegetation. So keeping it real mowed all all over is gonna um, bring more of them in. So yeah, allowing that, yeah. areas of taller, you know, like ditches, uh, field edges, pastures, those kinds of things, um, can help to deter them as well. Um, but it, you know, can lead to other issues from that. Um, <clears throat> I was just looking to see if there was any. But as far as like poison or something, you don't recommend that. There are mm. some fumigants um, and those kinds of things and baits, um, but really, like, there's a trap for them that works pretty well that you just put over top the the hole and they just like scoot right in there, um, and you can get them pretty easily with those. Okay. Um, I there is a, a neb guide that was uh, written by um, Dennis Brower was one of the authors on this. Um, so when I post the the blog on my um, when I post the Q and A on my blog, I'll put the link for that um, guide on there, and you can look. There's a few more things like some fumigants, toxicants, and those kinds of things that can work for you. Okay. And you but can you can also access the neb guide there. Mm-hmm. Google will find them for you. Mm-hmm. Just put neb n e b guide, and then put ground squirrel. Yep. Those three words will probably bring them up. And the guy you yep. want to look for is a guy named Dennis Ferraro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's a uh, bug or he's a uh, a critter person. Yeah. Okay. Wildlife expert. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of those kinds of things can help, but yeah, that is the the good thing with ground squirrels is they are pretty easy to to manage because it does have just basically one tunnel. Okay, all right, I appreciate it. You bet. I don't know how many times how many he caught, but he caught a bunch of them out at a golf course. Yes, uh, I they can't did. Remember the number yeah, either. yeah, I mean, but it was just he says it's crazy because mm-hmm. they just boom and they'll go right in that yep. in there, and so then you yep. got them. Right yeah. there. Yeah. Just put the lid on and take it back, and you got free milk. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. He does make that joke a lot. Yeah. <laughs> free milk. Uh, yeah. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three is our number on yard and garden life. I was uh, uh, sitting around my house just uh, a couple of days ago, working in my in my. Uh, in my garage, and uh, and a guy came by with a uh, sample of his green beans, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "What do you think that is?" And I looked at it, and uh, ended up sending you a picture of it. Yeah, and I uh, got a, I b- picked up the sample the other day okay. too. Okay, uh, and it looked to me like uh, something was just eating the green part mm-hmm. of the leaf, and he says, "Well, he said I I put some seven on it, but it's just." Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out it, it was a fungus. I, yeah. I, I thought it couldn't be a fungus because at that point we hadn't had a whole lot of hot, muggy weather. Yeah, and it's that, not necessarily. So some fungi, fungi are the hot, muggy. Some of them are cool uh-huh. and wet. So we had a lot of cool and damp weather there for a while. Yep. Um, so, but I had it, uh, as I told you, I had it sitting on my desk in a Ziploc baggie and it, it grew a, a nice, um, beard, <laughs> <Did it? Yeah. laughs> a, a good yeah. amount of fuzz growing yeah. on there. So that tells me it's a fungus. Well, the um, thing is, there's nothing at this point to really do for, you can spray it with a copper fungicide. Could you? Um, and most of the time, uh, the PHI on that is pretty low, so it wouldn't affect anything. Um, it's if you want to spend the money to be spraying them or if you want to just maybe try to replant or deal with it it should kind of fade as the weather changes okay 
Um, yeah. He had them all in raised beds mm-hmm. too. And so the the other things to keep in mind is you know don't water from overhead. Yeah. Um, and mulching will help with that those kinds of things as well. And if they're too bunched up, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe Need thin out good a couple. Airflow yeah. If you don't have that, so okay. um, and moving them from place to place, you know, don't plant them in the same res- raised bed every year too. Right. Yeah. All right. So um, hopefully that helps your green bean fella. I can call him later. Yeah. Too if yeah. I need we to. need to because yeah, uh, I've got that. This is a good guy. We got to mm-hmm. take care of him. Yeah. Uh, speaking, of, well, I know, but speaking <laughs> of good guys, not necessarily in that category. Here's Steve from Fairbury. <clears throat> oh, you know it. <laughs> hey, I, I apologize if you've already talked about this, but I just got on the radio. Um, I'm calling about our evergreen trees. I had called uh, probably a couple months ago, but that they were starting to get a little bit of a t- brown tinge to them, and so um, I did what they what you suggested in that. Anyway, but now they are actually starting to die off. Uh, brown, brown is really prevalent on them. Is there something more we can do, or is this something we just hope that they come out of it eventually? What kind of trees did you say they were? They're evergreens. I can't tell you the kind, but they're the real soft needle ones. White pine they kind of look like fans. Okay. Yeah, sounds like white pine to me. Um, again, that possibly could be going to the uh, winter injury. Um, again, even even in milder winters, sometimes uh, white pine are notorious for getting winter injury and stuff. Um, so with this past winter that we had, it was kind of severe as far as cold temperatures. Uh, my guess is that's probably what you're what you're seeing. I guess is it kind of yeah. an orangey brown along uh, the edges? Yes, but it's there. There's spots where it's actually the middle one is actually dying off. It looks mm-hmm. like. And is yeah. most of it um, like on one side of the tree versus the other? No, it's all pre- oh. it started out that way, but it's pretty prevalent all over. Mm-hmm. And about how old are they? Are they pretty? Are they pretty big trees? Yes, yes, uh, they are. We figured probably thirty some years old. Wow. D- did you water them at all? I mean, do you water them at all ever? Yes, uh, we did it because we were suggested that uh, if we didn't get any moisture that first that week when I called, then I went ahead and watered them then, mm-hmm. and then I've watered them twice since then. What about going into the fall? Um, well, it depends on how dry it is. Did you last? You know, year? that's yeah. Whether I water them or not, if it gets if it, if we're really lacking rain, then I'll I'll put the hose on it and soak it. Then. Did you last fall? Yes, because it was kind of dry there. Yes, I did it a few times last year. We're seeing, so that's part of it too, is that, you know, Mm -hmm. these evergreens are transpiring through the winter. And we did go into the winter very dry, which is weird after we got, you know, how much snow there at the end. But um, we went in pretty dry. So that did Uh do some damage as well. Okay. Um, But once, once uh, once it turns brown, it's probably going to stay brown or what do you think? Yeah, what's yeah the, the foliage that, that's brown like that you know the important thing will be you know if there's sets new buds and stuff um or if your branches are completely dying back so it might um you know it might be actually worth a look you know to to maybe if i had, could have time to stop out and, and look sometime if i can get uh maybe you can somehow put your address or yeah uh, we can get that we can, you know come, get in contact with you um in the next couple of weeks i can maybe drive down and take a look at them Okay, and also I noticed this year they're actually getting. Um, I'm trying to think of the camera. They little look like little tiny purple flowers on it. Purple flowers, huh? 
I feel like yeah, they're real. I mean, really tiny ones, like a pinhead. Oh, it's uh, some of those are the new growth is. Is it still there? Um, yeah, I think it was. Um, I the last uh, yeah, I just looked a few days ago, and it's still prevalent. So yeah, I don't think it's flowers. It's either that there's another weed kind of growing up in it, or some of the new growth kind of shoots on a little bit purpley. Purpley, maybe, yeah. And but I'm not sure that that would be a white pine, though. I think then that would. Lean well, we don't know for sure. Else. It's yeah. white pine. Yeah, number yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, yeah. uh, the the new growth. This I is definitely that. yeah, and this is definitely on the pine itself. It's okay. not a it's, it's not a weed. It. Okay. So it's probably yeah. just the new growth sometimes. Okay. You, well, you I kind little, of thought it was, but I've never noticed them being that 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 looking like a flower like that. I've had them look like, you know, uh, It was little bright pellets. this year in some places. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. it might hey. just be the new pine cones. Could be the new pine cones. That's what I was thinking. That's what I'm thinking. It's something with the new growth that okay. I've seen. Okay, that sounds good. Another question on one other tree, river birch. Um, I thought they were supposed to be so hardy, but ours is just look, I'm about ready to cut them down. They just look terrible. Yeah, they're bad this year. Yeah, is yeah. it okay all over? Yeah. And it seems like once that happens, they don't come back. Depends. I mean, on what for sure is going on. Um, kind of, is it top dieback or yellowing oh, leaves? Oh, I've, I've had top bite, uh, you know, death. And uh, it broke off, so I didn't have to do anything with it. But now this year, uh, it started. They started budding, and now we've got a lot of it that, that, that there's, there's nothing there. It didn't come out, mm-hmm. and that's all. We're we're kind of at the point now. It just they just look terrible. Yeah. Uh, they aren't that old of a tree, but I just I I've never I didn't know river birch would, would actually be this. But that's a whatever it is. Is it? Um as far as the foliage has been in the past years, has it been a good colored green foliage, or has it been a little bit yellowish, like a kind of a chlorotic? Yes, right, the latter part. It's been a lot of chlorotic. So, yeah, so uh, river birds tend to to get that chlorosis to them, and if they've had that, then, again, they're being stressed all the time, you know. So, again, with the winter like we've had and stuff, it's probably just set it over the edge. Yep. So oh, okay. basically, yeah, with a tree like that in that place, it's probably never going to be very successful. So okay. Now, if a person would take and cut that down like um, six inches above the ground or something, will it come off with new shoots? Well, it possibly could, but again, you're going to be right back in the same spot with that because, again, okay. that the, the soils there are not mm-hmm. very conducive um, for, for growing that just because of the iron issue. Um, so my suggestion would be to, to, to try to get something else started in there. And okay. not a pin oak. Because <laughs> they, they have just as okay. many problems with chlorosis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what those trees are that Fairbury has downtown on the square, the ones that flower. They're a Chinese something. Oh, the uh, um, Japanese tree lilacs that are blooming right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. What did you call them? Japanese tree lilacs. Japanese. Is that what those are? Okay. I just love those. Oh, yeah, those are pretty trees. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. There's a and lot they, of them, I, and that's how uh, I know what you're talking about because they're really blooming right now all over Fairbury. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Japanese lilacs. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, thank you. For, I'm sorry to take up so oh, much time, fine. but thanks no, a lot for not the a problem. help. I appreciate it. Uh, Steve could probably, like he said, come by and, and take a look if you're, you know, if you want. There's two ways yeah. we can do that. You can either give me your address right now, or you can call back and give it to Donay. That no, way, I'll, it won't be on the air. I'll give it to you right. I'll just do right now. It's 101 Fifth Street, and these are on the west side. Okay. That's a good way.
Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're not very far from, from the radio station, are you? Oh, what's that? You're not very far from the radio station. Oh, just a few blocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All righty. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will give this to the other Steve. Okay. Hey, listen, thanks for your time, you guys. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of the day and a good weekend. Uh, Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let me see. We have Betty from Table Rock. What's happening in Table Rock, Betty? Yes. Uh, I have uh, outdoor hibiscus shrubs. They have been beautiful uh, since I bought them about four years ago. But this year, one of them that has just been lush with flowers, only had uh, maybe a third, well, a fourth even, of its bush came up green. The rest didn't. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason for that? Yep. I would say that's winter injury as well. Um, <clears throat> that's just one of the problems we're seeing from the winter. I hate using that as an excuse all the time, but it really <laughs> is. Uh, they just you know, didn't quite pull through like we wanted them to. Um, and so hibiscus is one of those kind of, even the, the perennial or the hardy hibiscus, you know, we, we saw some damage from that one this year. Uh, if it never came out looking good at all this spring, I would say that's probably what we're dealing with. Um, and so you can just cut out that dead stuff and it should be fine because it does have some of the plant left. So it should recoup eventually. Um, but yep. Uh, one other question about hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stalk is left about six inches, so I will know where they are coming up in the spring, right? Am I to cut those dead stalks clear to the ground after it starts greening? Yeah. Or it, does, it matter, does it matter? If they're not green enough, go ahead and cut those off. Okay, mm-hmm. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for the call. Betty, uh, no, I'm sorry. This is that was Betty from Table Rock. This is Terry from Fairbury. Terry, hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm great. How are you? No, not bad. Not bad. What's your question? Well, this is for indoor plants, and I don't know if you guys can help us, but we have in our office, we've got like three hibiscus, and they are covered in white flies, mm-hmm. and we've sprayed them with that uh, insecticidal super soap. It doesn't do any good except our plants are now so sticky with that soap. How do we get rid of them? Uh, Well, let's see. You said you used a uh, insecticidal soap? Yes. There are some just other houseplant sprays, houseplant insecticide sprays that you might try. Okay. Um, Or because it's warm enough, you could stick them outside for a while, spray them down with some 7 and see if that kind of helps before you bring them back in. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that like uh, replanting would help with that very much, um, because they're not really in the fun in the soil like a fungus gnat. Um, right. But um, kind of helping doing a couple more things to try to kill out the flies is probably going to be the best option. Um, yeah, those I houseplant insects are sometimes a difficult to deal with. Um, because there's not a lot labeled for use inside. So that's why I say I think I'd take it outside and spray it down with like some seven or some eight and leave them outside okay. for a few days afterwards. Um, okay. So that you, you know, because you don't want to use that those products inside, right? So, um, no. but um, I would try that. Other suggestions, yeah, Steve? That's... that's. 
I think that's probably where I'd go with it and see. And if it's still not helping, you could try to replant and see if that helps a little bit. You know, clean off all that oh. soil and put it in a, in new soil. Sometimes that oh, would okay. help as well. So, Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're we appreciate welcome. it. Thank I, you. I understand the, the problems there. We had uh, in our office, we had fungus gnats from some plants we had in our office for a while. And, man, are they not friendly. You do not want that in an office, so I completely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> What'd you end up treating okay, those with? Okay, thank you. We'll try um, that. We took some, we, we moved some out, at the real main host ones. So if you could find, like, the ones that they're um, mostly on and get rid of them, take them away from it, that can help. Um, I thought we were going to have to get rid of all of them, and I have a lot of houseplants in the office, but yeah. we got through it. So, yeah, it's, it's not a fun one to deal with because... No, <laughs> all right, and uh, nobody likes gnats where they're working. No, right? you do not. It's like man, uh, we will be back with more of your phone calls on Yard and Garden Live, today's best country, old red. Mm-hmm. And I do believe we are back with more Yard and Garden Live on your Friday morning from today's best country, old red ninety nine five. Uh, think uh, we have a call from Dorchester and Lorraine. Is it uh, Lorraining hard in Dorchester, Lorraine? It was, and now it stopped. All right. I hope it rains again. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, listen. Oh, uh, you certainly getting more rain than we're getting in February. We. Oh, okay. <laughs> none so far, really, to speak up. Oh. Uh, what's your question today? I've got a little leaf linden tree that the birds love to sit in, and now I've got, I don't know how many choke cherries coming up mm-hmm. under it. And I did have ground cover around it, which I'd kind of like to keep. But what can I use to kill the choke cherries that won't hurt the linden tree? The ground cover can be replaced if it needs to be, but... Mm-hmm. I would say with that one, you're probably going to have to do some stump treatments. Um, so okay. cutting cutting the little choke cherries off and doing a painting with, and I would, at this time of year, I would just go with a Roundup or a glyphosate product. Um, straight. straight. Straight, yep. And just literally take a little paintbrush, stick it in the bottle and paint it on those cut stumps. That's going to probably be your best option because you don't, you don't want to use a 2,4-D product around um, mm. the linden because you'll get right. damage from that. Um, and then, you know, I know it's going to take a lot of work, but it would also save your ground cover doing it that way. And, you know, I don't, I don't really like, like, a mass spraying underneath of that. What do you think, Steve? Right. Anything yeah, else? I would, well, hang on a second. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, I would, uh, I concur with that. That it, It's, uh, you're probably just going to have to individually treat each one or whatever. Um, and unfortunately I say you can cut them off, but if you do not do anything as far as treatment or whatever, they'll, uh, mm-hmm. it'll just sprout right back. It'll just make them mad and they'll right. come right back. So. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Don't need them mad at you, do you, Lorraine? <laughs> Don't want to anger them. <laughs> yep, yeah. no. They will regrow. So, yeah, you would want to do a stump treatment for sure. But um, I think I'd go with a, a Roundup <clears throat> being safest. Okay. Yep. So. okay, that sounds great. Thank okay. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383 is our phone number on... Yard and Garden Live. Love to have you uh, be part of the program. If you would uh, call in, you get an answer right now because 
We have no callers. We have open lines. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. So we were talking about the rain, and I know it's hit or miss right now, I think. Um, we're all in each of our individual locations, I think, are hoping for rain because uh, it has been pretty dry. And so if you're in one of those areas, sorry, Randy, um, down here in Fairbury where you're not getting the rain, um, definitely want to keep an eye on your plants. You know, it's it's starting to get really hot. It's getting pretty dry. Um, so you would need to, to water those. Um, and so, you know, with trees, even the, the big trees need a little drink once in a while. But if it's a fairly newly planted and you're not getting rain, I would go out there and put that hose on this weekend and let it run for, depending on the size, half hour or so. Um, yes, I would on. just, I would, uh, you know, just kind of move it around, maybe to, you know, four or six locations mm -hmm. or whatever, or, uh, and not right next to the base of the mm -hmm. tree necessarily, maybe out mm -hmm. around what they consider the drip line of the tree. Um, and, and I say just let it, you know, trickle on there for, for a half an hour to an hour or so. Yeah, I was uh, planning to water my oak this weekend, but... I hear that it might be raining in Cortland, so I might be, I might be, I might, be, I might have got, got out of that work over the weekend, but um, definitely because it's a fairly young tree, and you know those ones don't have as big of a root system yet, um, and you've got to think about what they've got so where they can get moisture. And when we're dry like this, it, I mean, it is pretty dry in the area. So, um, and watching vegetable gardens, um, I've had uh, a couple of uh, questions on like potatoes with the the leaves. They're just kind of cupping a little bit turning kind of brown and crispy around the edge and i really think that's they just need a little drink um so you know vegetable gardens they need about an inch of water a week if they're not getting that from rain then you're going to have to provide that so um, make sure that you are watering those i went out and did a pretty good watering on a lot of my flowers in that this week as well so um, just keeping an eye on those kinds of things your plants are going to tell you when they're thirsty um, if you go out in the morning and they look fairly okay, the leaves are upright and um, really have a lot of that, you know, um, turgor pressure is what they call that, or that strength in the, the leaf and they, they stand upright, then they're okay. And then if you go out later in the afternoon or in the evening and they're very wilty, that's telling you that it's an irrigation thing. Um, so I've got a new bee balm plant that he's really struggling because he's not very established yet. And every afternoon, man, he tells me he is sad looking. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so I'm really trying to get him to pull through, but um, they will they will show you. And in the morning, if they're good, and in the afternoon, they're sad. That's that's a water thing. So get those things watered. So I have a garden question then for you too. Oh, okay. Um, with tomatoes, <coughs> um, this time of year when you're early on and you're having to to water them, is it best to water them from down below mm -hmm. so you don't get that end rod or whatever on it is that that doesn't really affect the blossom end rod um, but what it does is um, if at all times if you can water from below the plant you're going to be better off because when you water overhead irrigation you're splashing fungal spores from leaf to leaf from plant to plant from soil to plant oh, okay. that's where mulches help uh, as well but um, it definitely um, is better if you can do like a soaker hose or drip irrigation where you're not sprinkler irrigation um, because that is just in, uh, conducive to more fungus. Um, so if you do have to do sprinkler irrigation, which, you know, I understand it happens, um, do that if you can earlier in the morning so they can dry right out because gotcha. you don't want them wet overnight because then it's cooler and it's wet. So that's really going to lead to more fungal issues. But um, a lot of uh, blossom end rot mm -hmm. is <clears throat> – 
moisture related, right. but it has to deal, I think, with uh, just the extreme in the springtime, you know, you get, yep. you just get rain, 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 and then turns dry. Yes. And, you know, so maybe they get neglected a little bit. Well, it's an uneven type watering yeah. problem. And technically, blossom end rot is a calcium deficiency, um, but it's not that the calcium's not there. It's because of the uneven watering where the soil actually holds onto that calcium really tightly, and it's not releasing that out to the plant. And so then when that happens, then you get that, that, blossom end of the fruit will kind of rot away um, but adding calcium doesn't fix it because so it's there it's still not accessible mm. right so usually we'll see it early in the season like randy said because we get you know five inch rains and then we're dry for five more weeks after that and so it's that up and down um, that's really hard on them and um, once we kind of level out in the summer where we're just watering right um, then it kind of fades away yeah because it always seems to fade away it does um, later in the season yeah but i didn't yep. i didn't know that uh it's not just uh problems with tomatoes yeah um i've seen blossom end rot on zucchinis you can see it on watermelons cucumbers peppers tomatoes i think eggplant will get it um some yeah, of good for good for that <laughs> <laughs> a worthless plant if you ask me no they're delicious you <laughs> put a little marinara on it yeah. some breadcrumbs yeah. some cheese you're set yeah. <laughs> but i would be irritated if you know the watermelons yeah, oh God. yeah, I've had it yeah, um, yeah. in my garden on cucumbers, zucchinis, tomatoes, and peppers, for sure wow. that I can think of, off the top of my head. So, and you know, it's it's a few fruits at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of fades, and it's not a not a huge deal. And yeah, I've always noticed in the early in season, mm-hmm. tomatoes usually yep. for mine, or yep. peppers. I have them right. peppers too. Right. Mm, okay. And you can't have that. You got to have your tomatoes and peppers. Absolutely. <laughs> That's like the whole reason of the garden. Right, right? yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the, the, omelet, other stuff, the omelet vegetables. <laughs> right. Nobody puts an eggplant in your omelet. Oh, well, you could. That might be good. You but you got to pick eggplant at the right time. Because if you let it go too long, then it's not good. I agree. So I never p- pick it. No, I'm, <laughs> well, you're just I'm picking happy. it too late. <laughs> I'm just happy. I'm just happy. <laughs> I bet we get no questions this week on asparagus. I don't know. Asparagus has been had a lot of calls on it this year. It's been a hot topic. It really uh, has. But now everybody's done with their asparagus and they're just walking away from it. But you know, it is a question because now is an important time in asparagus life right because you got to let it grow and get bushy mm-hmm. so it recharges the the root system and that's next year's crop so if we would get into a real drought situation mm-hmm. uh is it uh, going to be a smart thing to do to kind of go out and water that a little bit yeah yeah it never hurts to water plants and okay helps them through in that I know we don't usually think about watering asparagus, right? It just kind of do. does its never. thing. Never. I don't think I've ever done it. I, I did when I first started some. Uh, but well, yeah. yeah, I'll take that back then. Yeah. But I was always thinking, like, yeah, you know, they, it has to be in a well-drained area mm-hmm. because of uh, you don't want the, the roots to start rotting, getting right. too water-soaked and rotten. So yeah. I just thought, well, maybe I would not ever water mine from now on. Well, you know, I, I don't think it hurts to give it a little drink if we're real droughty. Um, but yeah, they, they are growing. Mine right now is like probably seven feet tall. It's it's big. (laughs) And speaking, and another uh, asparagus question that I, I had wondered about, um, 
because we saw a uh, uh, some green beans mm -hmm. that had uh, some fungus on them, and uh, do uh, asparagus? I mean, they they when they this time of year, you know, they're, they're you can't get any breeze through there because they're. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just a big, big mass. Big yeah. mass. Do do there is there uh, ever a problem? Have you ever seen a problem with uh, fungus on? Uh, asparagus plants late in the year you know i haven't yeah. and that you know it brings to po a good point out you would think you would see some of that but no wind gets through I, it really I, yeah i don't see a lot of problems with it and maybe it's because people just kind of ignore it this time of year could be and it just you know yeah a, a slight fungus on it is not gonna probably yeah. hurt it too bad but you're right i've never had calls about a fungus it's it's always if anything on asparagus it's the beetles or yeah. how to manage the weeds around it yeah. right you yeah know? um but or yeah how, or how or how much salt water to actually put on that which is none <laughs> <laughs> here's cindy from blue springs hi cindy hello how are you today well kind of like blue springs we're not seeing a whole lot of rain well that's my question if it doesn't rain much and i have to water my asparagus what's the best thing to mulch it with um, you can mulch it with grass clippings, straw. I put wood chips on mine this year because I'm trying to really, because I have a real weed problem in my yeah, asparagus. Yeah. yeah. So I put some wood chips on there, which can help. Um, but yeah, um, pretty much anything you would use on like your vegetable garden, you can go ahead and use on your asparagus to keep those weeds down. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, you can use some Roundup on it, but it would have to be like at the end of the season or before it starts growing next season when you don't see any green growth. Um, so you wouldn't want to use that on there now. But just, yeah, just put a little mulch down around it and uh, most anything can work. I mean, I use grass, could, grass clippings. Grass clippings. You yeah. could use like shredded newspapers, um, things like that. Just mm -hmm. something to hold those weeds down. That's the hardest thing in asparagus, isn't it? Yes. It yes. Is a problem. And I was just wondering. Uh, my grass clippings, back a few months ago, I put Trimix. Ah, okay, so don't use those. Okay, all yeah. right. So, um, and I'd have to look for sure on the label, uh, but um, the label would tell you if or when you can use grass clippings on on um, garden produce as a mulch, um, and I think most of the time nowadays we're not using them during that season. So if you put something on your lawn this year, I think I would avoid using grass clippings um, so I, for you, I would shift to like a straw. Um, there's some soybean mulches that are pretty good these it's days. It's really good because it yeah. doesn't blow around like straw does. Yeah, or um, wood chips or, um, yeah, those are probably what I would go with in your case. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. we'll be back with more Yard and Garden Live after this timeout. And Yard and Garden Live continues on your Friday morning. 402-729-3383 is our phone number. We'd love to have you part of the program here this morning. If you have any questions about something weird going on in your yard and or garden or even a plant in the office. It's yeah. been a you know, it's been a while since we've had mm -hmm. questions about potted plants. Yeah. Uh, and I do remember way back when Larry Germer. Yes. Remember Larry? Uh, during those days, we would have, you know, quite a few questions mm -hmm. about 
potted plant questions. Mm-hmm. But I'm not an outdoor plant kind of gal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, not so much anymore. Yeah. I don't know. You uh, get them every once in a while. Yeah, every and once I think it's usually like fungus gnats or white flies mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. which are a nuisance. Uh, 402-729-3383. That's EAS going off. Not to be... Uh, we don't have to worry about what it. What is EAS? Emergency oh. uh, system. Okay. It used <laughs> to be... Uh, hi, Jenny. Jenny from Hanover. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Good, good, good. Yeah, I was wondering, I have some tomatoes. Uh-oh, I think we lost you. Are you still there, Jenny? Turn your head. Sometimes that works. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, we lost her. Oh, no. She had some tomatoes. She had a tomato question. Oh, yeah, we, we definitely lost her. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Jenny, Jenny, come back if you yeah if you will. Oh, uh, we'll pop you on the air right away, and we got two phone calls, so we better wait. Might <laughs> not be Jenny. Yeah. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. We still have an open line if you want to try to get in on Yard and Garden Live here on this Friday morning as we get our calls uh, scooted through. Screen callers, this is Rick from Beatrice. Rick from Beatrice, hi. Hello. Hey, I have a question on a, uh, a fast-growing evergreen tree. Okay. Um, hey, can you hold on just a second? Hold that thought. Sure. This uh, just came in. Um, we have some listeners in uh, the Johnson County, southeastern Johnson County, and uh, there is a National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning there uh, until 1130, for about another 35 minutes. 60-mile-an-hour winds, quarter-size hail. This is all radar indicated. Uh, Auburn, Syracuse, Tecumseh, Sterling, Johnson, Cook, uh, Elk Creek, Crab Orchard, Burr, uh, and uh, those are locations that would be impacted on this se- uh, severe thunderstorm warning from the National Weather Service. Okay, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, um, I've been looking at uh, a fast-looking or fast-growing evergreen tree. It's called the Green Giant. Is that a very good tree? No. Where are you where are you looking to plant it? Well, it's gonna it's gonna be. Uh, kind of a protected area, you know, kind of a, a barricade. You want it for thing. like a windbreak. Yeah, something mm. like that. No, it's not the best option for a windbreak. It's a arborvitae is what it is, Steve. Okay. The oh. Thuyas, okay. it's one of those. Um, and I, I've gotten a lot of calls on these. They're advertising it somewhere. I'm not sure where. Ah. Um, but uh, it's – so that is one. I don't plant that as a windbreak because – um, too many times I have seen that one get hit on one side and die back, um, like the full side of it. What are your thoughts on that? those for a windbreak? Well, unless there is um, some kind of variety out now that I'm not as familiar with or whatever, um, basically the arborvitae uh, will do well around here in protected places mm-hmm. as long as it's you know in a yard and you know you, it doesn't get direct wind and things like that. Um, but if you put that out in the open much at all, um, they typically, you know, they may live four out of five years, but that fifth year is going to get them. Um, they just do not seem to, to, to survive uh, long term or whatever. So, what's uh, what would be a good fast growing evergreen tree? Cedar. <laughs> yeah, cedar. <laughs> I yeah. No, I. Yeah. 
Um, the field and dig them up, huh? Yeah. Well, and again, actually, for protection or whatever, they're they're still probably the best there is. But again, I understand um, they're not really pretty and stuff to look at. Um, so I guess probably one of the more hardy ones is going to be maybe like a, a ponderosa pine or mm -hmm. something like that. Or even a white pine. White pine will be is not bad either. The problem with white pine, again, like we talked earlier in, in the yeah. program, is they do, if you put them out in the open again, um, they will get winter injury a lot of times. So, And I've had people try uh, southwestern white pine. Mm -hmm. Southwestern white pine might be one that grows a little faster that uh, maybe is a little more resistant to that winter injury. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep, and good yeah. luck. You bet. You bet. Uh, Jenny from Hanover, you had questions about your tomatoes. Yes. Uh, they are, the bottom leaves and everything look fine. But the top, then they're starting to uh, like bear fruit now. They're blooming. So, uh, but they curl. And what do I do for that? Mm -hmm. um, when you say they curl, how are they curling? Kind of up, kind of twirling? Kind of twirly, kind, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, I would guess that's probably herbicide injury. Um, and often we'll see that on the tops of the plants and not necessarily on the bottom of the leaves. <coughs> so Do you I live in town or are you out in the country or is there? We're out, we're out in the country and yeah. the wind can hit them here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, oh. I, the if somebody was using some 2,4-D or maybe Trimec would even right. do that. Uh, right. That, uh, I know we have a lot of people around here that do spraying, but my husband is very cautious about that yeah. and mm -hmm. so i uh i'm just wondering if there's something i know i've seen some stuff to put on them to mix in water but it kind of sounds like you have a cluster of you know of fruit first what you were what was that last part you found something you can put in water yes you can mix it in water and i forget the name of it it's kind of like a fungus or something you oh. know well, that wouldn't help with this. This would be just some herbicide injury. Um, and so the plant should grow out of it, but I can't tell you if or when it will be safe because we don't know what specifically hit it. Um, so for consumption, that's a decision you have to make on your own. <clears throat> okay. Well, I just thought I'd ask if there's something that would bring him out of that. Yeah, they. I mean, like I said, they, they they will grow out of it, but it's um your your thoughts on the safety issue. I can't tell you if it's you know, I can't right. tell you right. that it's going to be or when or anything because we don't know what was applied. And, and a lot so. of time, you you can catch drift, even on a calm day mm -hmm. with the, some chemicals because if it's too if it gets too warm, then it uh, it will drift, the, and it doesn't really need the. A, mm -hmm. a wind or a breeze or anything. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know we have a lot of airplanes spraying around here, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that could have been part of the problem that it just yeah. uh, There's flew a, over our house and got some of our plants instead of the neighbors. <clears throat> right, and the herbicides. I mean, they move very funny sometimes. It's just how they the the temperatures will get them, um, how the wind current is moving that day, um, and how sensitive to the the plant is and excuse me, tomatoes are one of your mo most sensitive plants. I would say right now the problems we see with herbicide injury is tomatoes, red buds, and oaks are the three probably most prominent that I see. 
from her Mercedes. <laughs> and the peppers in my garden. <laughs> and the peppers, yeah. Do, yeah. Do exactly <laughs> that same thing yes. that she's talking about with her tomatoes. The top but, is but just the top mm -hmm. that curls. Curls yep. up. Yep. And if you, you're I, getting like where the, the stem to the leaf, so the petiole, the piece that keeps the leaf hold on to the main plant, if that is actually like twirling or spiraling, that is for sure herbicide injury. Yeah, well, I don't think it's the stem. I think it's just basically the leaves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you think <clears throat> they will grow out of that and mm -hmm. be okay? Uh, like I said, they'll, they'll grow out of it. I can't tell you if it's safe for consumption. <laughs> is, okay. So that's right. a decision you have to decide. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you anyway. Thank you. And thank you for your call, and then thank you for calling back. 402-729-3383, our phone number, Yard and Garden Live. If you have a question, uh, now would be a great time to call because we do have open lines. 402-729-3383. You know, it used to be, uh, I would always ask our guests, and I kind of got away from it, mm -hmm. if they uh, have a garden and what they plant in the garden. Well, obviously, you do have a garden, Steve. Oh, yeah. Right. A farm, uh, farming background. I got to have my garden. You have right. a garden every year just about then? <laughs> yep. yep. And uh, what do you grow in your garden? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I've learned with age or whatever. I used to have this little small patch, and I used to try to put everything in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I overplanted the mm -hmm. heck out of it. So I've, my wife finally said, you know, just use, grow what we really want. So pretty much tomatoes, um, cherry tomatoes, regular tomatoes for canning, um, peppers. Mm -hmm. Usually green, just green peppers, maybe some jalapenos or whatever mm -hmm. to make salsa. And um, I, I call them pickles, but they're cucumbers. <laughs> cucumbers. Okay. Okay. Cucumbers. You only use them for pickling, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and then something like this year I put in some of those little miniature pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Just to be fun. Just to be fun. You'll have a yeah. little fun yeah. with the little mini pumpkins. Yeah. Um, okay, very good. Uh, 402-729-3383. What's in your garden? Uh, we will find out. And we got a couple of uh, calls here stacked up. Uh, Kathy from Beatrice, you are right behind Liz, who is in Fairbury, with a question. Hi, Liz. Go ahead. Yeah. What do, can you do about an iris patch that has bindweed in it? Can you put cream on it real early in the spring, or what? Well, um, preen will um, help any newly germinating plants but it's not going to help with the the stuff that keeps coming back um, because bindweed is a perennial weed um, so unfortunately it's a little more difficult um, with that one we talked about this a few weeks ago I can't remember who the guest was Kathleen I think mm -hmm. was saying to kind of pull that bindweed out from the iris and kind of lay it on an area where it's not on top of the iris and you can like carefully spot spray or paint it on there um, but using like I would go with Roundup at this point um, it's it's difficult uh, that's one of the hardest ones because um, pulling bindweed really doesn't help I know and you know and the thing about pulling bindweed you know three days later you go back and there it is again you I know, know? I know it I've, grows so fast I've got it in one of my beds yeah we, I've, yeah I've got a whole lot of bindweed in uh, yeah. my landscape as well mm -hmm. so it is a toughie yeah. it is and it's you know it's just gonna be you're gonna have to work on it uh throughout the year every year yeah um, it's not a one and done by no. any means and, and you know and even if you do go and you put the roundup on like nicole says you'd be really really careful it still doesn't make it all the way down to mm -mm. what roundup does generally is it goes all the way down to the roots mm -hmm. and and 
and kills that. But with bindweed, it just, I don't know, the roots must be down in They're the center deep. of the earth. I, I think they are. They, they might come from China. Yeah, I mean, they are <laughs> deep, deep, deep. They are. And the and Roundup never will get to <clears> them. And so that makes people go, well, I'll just spray more Roundup. I'll make it stronger. No, don't you know? do that. And you don't want to do that mm. because that just burns the top of it down anyway, and it never right. gets down to the roots. But it's a toughie. Bindweed is. is just I tough. think it's, a, it's multiple things all at the same time. So um, in some areas, if you can mulch there, um, hand pulling in some cases, using the Roundup carefully around the other plants, and you can do the preen a couple times a year to just help with what's newly germinating. Because another thing that is a problem with bindweed is that the seed is viable for 40 to 60 years. So you may think, woohoo, I won this, and like a year later there it's back again, or 10 yeah. years later, or whatever. Um, so it's it's just being diligent and using multiple tactics for it. Yeah, not a good answer, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain, though. I kills the iris. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel your pain. And one of the things I think Kathleen mentioned was if you could move the iris bed um, for a year or two and really bear down on that area um, for a couple of years with the Roundup and that, and you could spray the whole thing. The only thing is when you do move those, you would have to make sure that you really clean those roots off so that you're not bringing the bindweed to the new location, yeah. right? So there is those kinds of options as well if you're really struggling. Wash, wash the uh, the corms off. Uh-huh. And replant them in a different location. Yep. And I would do that in the fall. And then next, you know, leave them over there for a couple of years and really um, hammer down on using, like, the Roundup in that other area. And then once you get a pretty good handle on it, you could probably move them back. Can you mulch them with wood chips? Yeah, you can. But the, the bindweed's going to come right up yeah. through there. Oh, I meant after you transplant them to a different location to help weed control there. Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, thank you. You bet. Thank you. thank you. Kathy from Beatrice. Hello, Kathy. What's your question? Well, I moved here the what, end of last year, and our backyard has little, like, trees and different things growing in the backyard and they only go like three four inches up how can i kill those do you know what kind of trees they are no not um, that i don't do you mow back there what do you mow back there i haven't yet because some of it is cement back there and then said so then when the dirt part is we have these little like tree like things that are growing up in the back there i would say mowing would be your your best option really um you said you just moved there right yeah so you don't know if this is a history of them coming in there it sounds like something like it might be um like maples Mm -hmm. From from the whirly birds, whatever the little helicopter yeah. seeds that may be popping okay. popping up or whatever. Um, yeah, if I say if you just kind of keep mowing them off or whatever, mm -hmm. they they will they will die out. Yeah, then. they will definitely give up. Yeah. Okay, I just didn't know if there was anything I could put on them that would help kill them off. I didn't know. If they're small enough, that I think Roundup will kind of mm -hmm. take care of them. If it they're would. you say whether well, two or three inches. Some of them are, and some of them are a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah, and the the other thing with using Roundup, I mean, if there is grass back there. Yeah, if you don't want to kill gonna, anything else. Not much. It's mostly dirt. <laughs> so basically what would really help is if you can kind of renovate the area and get some grass growing, 
and then mowing and things like that is really gonna gonna help um, pull those out. Are you thinking about maybe putting in a yard sometime back there, Kathy? I don't know. I rent, so it's oh, gotcha. hard okay. Okay. for me to make the decision. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I would try Roundup. I certainly would, and see what happens. And if that doesn't doesn't do it, then yeah. If there's nothing desirable back there, you could. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, again, if if there isn't much grass, it's mostly dirt. Then I say this is probably going to be an ongoing thing because you have that bare dirt. So those uh, tree seeds that come in every spring or whatever are going to sprout and, and and germinate. So yeah, trees like that and weeds are opportunistic. They mm -hmm. uh, yep. they find a bare spot and they want to they want to grow. I'm I'm surprised you don't have a bunch of uh, henbit back there. Do you know what henbit looks like? No, that it, I don't. It has a purple flower early in the spring. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's pretty much all bloomed out and is it on its way dead. out. And it's, it's mostly it's yeah. dead. That, that I haven't seen back there. Well, you will. I'm <laughs> yeah, telling you, no you will. Kidding. No huh? kidding. <laughs> all right. All right. Listen, have a, have a great day. I think we're getting hit with that storm right now. Good deal. I mean, I, I don't want a storm for you, but it would be nice to get a little <laughs> rain. That's for sure. Yes. All right. All right. You have a good, good day. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. We'll be back with more Yard and Garden Live after this timeout. Oh, man. That's a good one. Oh, really? Yeah. Leonard oh, well. Skinner. Give me three steps. <laughs> Uh, she's a rock and roller. I oh, didn't yeah. know that. Hey, welcome back to Yard <laughs> and Garden Live on your Friday. Your Yard and Garden Live. You can call 402-729-3383 and get your answer to a question. If you'd like to do that right now, it would be a good time. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. Yeah, I've um, been uh, dumping water on my garden, mm -hmm. and I was really hoping to catch a little bit of water and out of rain today, but it just, I don't know that Fairbury's going to get any. I don't it know that it's... terrible out there. Yeah, it looks cloudy and... Yeah, north of here, they're definitely cashing in big time and probably mm -hmm. maybe getting more than they bargained for, but... Yeah, uh, you don't want that either. You I know. know. You're just, we're just never happy with the amount of rain. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I keep watching this radar, and it's just amazing mm -hmm. uh, how it just scoots right around the north of Fairbury <laughs> and then builds a little bit off to the uh, east, and Beatrice is uh, definitely picking up some showers, and so is Nebraska City. Mm -hmm. uh, lucky dogs, them. Huh? <laughs> Here is Jill in Geneva. I bet Jill saw some shower activity this morning. Hi, Jill. Hi. Yes, it did shower. Hey, um, on watering yards, mm -hmm. or lawns, is it better? So I had looked up and it said, like, in the summer you need an inch and a half a week or so. Mm -hmm. Is it better to apply that all at once? Or do it like a couple different times in the week. It's a good question. Yeah. If you, it's it, a good question. And it's kind of an it depends question, yes, really, because you could go either way on that. Um, do you have in-ground sprinklers, or are you doing? In, well, one section I do. I just put some in last year, and then um, some other parts of the yard I have to hand water. But. Okay. Do you know how much the how much uh, do you water you get with your underground system? Well, I tried to measure this week. I don't know. It it seemed 
like not a lot. I came up with about a half inch in around 40 minutes. Okay. That's, that's not bad. Yeah, that's. I I did a few irrigation audits a few weeks ago, and that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what I would say is the thing with irrigating lawns is to be consistent. You know, okay. you don't want to you don't want to like water and then and and water regularly and then just abruptly stop. Um, right. And so you know you want to make sure that you are fairly consistent with that. Um, I think since you have underground sprinklers, um, it's best if you could do like a third, a third, and a third or something like that, or half, 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 uh, half an inch three times a week, um, okay. something like that. You know, getting at least an inch on a week, maybe inch and a half um, this time of year is, is what we recommend usually. Um, so if you've got that, I think I would try to do it, like you said, 40 minutes put on half an inch. So. Um, do that three times a week, and I think you'd be good. The other thing to remember is timing with irrigation in the turf. Um, so the yeah. best time to irrigate your lawn is between 4 a.m. and 10 a.m. so that it yeah. can doesn't increase the dew period and it can dry out before night. Um, yeah. So especially okay. since you've got underground irrigation, I would turn those on. And then those other areas you have to hit, try to hit them earlier in the day, you know, that, um, that you can. But... Um, yeah, I'm trying to, the area that I have to do by hand, I just, like I saw it's getting dry. I just want to try to, It's we have a very big yard because we're in the mm -hmm. country, but I'm trying to like keep it from, you know, going dormant. Right. Doing and the best I can in that area. So the underground sprinklers obviously are easy and I'm mm -hmm. getting, I'll get those set up on the, the timer thing. But. Well, and you know, one of the things we tend to do with underground irrigation is we, we just let it do its own thing, and that's not always the best thing. Um, if you don't have, like, a, <clears throat> a moisture meter or anything like that, sometimes you may not need to water when it says it does. So um, you can actually purchase some pretty inexpensive um, little in-ground moisture meters and just stick them down in uh, the soil and, and see where you're at and turn it on as you need it. And um, if and next week, Rock Gaswal will be on, and he can talk with you a little bit more about that. Um but um, I think he was the one that said last year he watered his he ir turned his irrigation on like I don't know two or three times and his lawn looked way better than you know everybody else who was watering all the time. Um, so you know okay. it's it's not you don't always have to water it all the time, but um, just kind of giving it a drink to get through the real hard times is sometimes better too. Um, okay. But I'll put it in my notes and we'll we'll talk about that with Rock next week. A little okay. bit more because um, he's, you know, he's our turf expert at the university. So, um, oh, okay, yeah. So he'll be able to to tell you, but um, you know, especially for those areas where you don't have the in ground sprinklers, maybe go in and get one of those little moisture meters. And they're, I mean, seriously, like seven to ten bucks. They're not very expensive. Oh, you just okay. stick it I've in the ground, and it's got this little, um, a little, what do you call it, a dial thing that like. It goes from like dry to moist to wet, and so I mean it's okay. it's it's pretty user friendly, um, and so that's what I've been working with um, in a portion of a grant that we're actually working on and, and doing some of these irrigation audits. So, um, but yeah, you know, it, I think you'd be better to just do a little bit at a time, um, because the other thing that can happen is if you do one and a half inches all at once, and then we get a storm that pulls through, then you're overwatering. Um, so keeping keeping right. that in mind as well, um, but. So hopefully okay. I didn't over answer your question, but <laughs> been yeah. been doing a lot of this stuff with this irrigation right now, so it's it's right there. So um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, 
Well, and I had one time heard that you shouldn't shallow, you know, like just water lightly because that's not good for the root system or something. Right. You want to make sure that you are getting um, irrigation down to that four to six inch level where um, the um, where our grass roots are. Most of our grass roots are going to grow in that top four to six inches of the soil. And so like some people, they're like, well, I'll just water 15, 20 minutes every day. Well, you're not really getting, you're not pushing the roots to grow to where the water is. And so then when something happens, your system shuts off or you have to leave and you have to shut it off or it breaks down or something like that, then all of a sudden your turf is going to suffer a lot more than somebody's turf who didn't do that because it you didn't build that grass to build good root system. Does okay. that, that making sense how I'm saying that? So, yeah, um, because you're, if you make it, if you push the grass a little bit, it'll put, it'll have to grow more roots and it'll okay. do better in those drier situations. Okay. Sounds mm. good. Also I'll known as the lazy leaders. root system. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. What'd you say, Jill? look for those meters mm -hmm. yeah the area where i have the automatic sprinklers was where we had put in sod two years ago and mm -hmm. we didn't have the sprinklers the first year and then it um got a little dry like i was just doing dragging hoses and watering and so right and that's some of it a little got exhausting. stressed and grubs came in so mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. we put the waters in and i want to keep it nice mm -hmm. of course yeah so. yeah Yep. Okay. So long way Thank around. You. Yeah, I think you're think you're good about you know three times a week, and you should be set. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thank All right. You. Thank, Thank you. you, Jill. Bye bye. Bye bye. And uh, I believe we have time for one more call, and we're going through the screen process right now. Trinity from Beatrice. Hi, Trinity. What's Hi. your question? Okay. So. Um, about three weeks ago, my husband noticed these weird little fungus things popping up at the base of our tree. Um, we have a really big pin oak tree in our backyard, and um, we just had it trimmed up last summer by um, Tronic. He did an amazing job, but um, I posted the pictures of those fungus um, in a Facebook plant identification group, and they said it's dead man's fingers and that it's practically like a, a death sentence for the tree, I guess. Um, is there anything that we can do about this at all? Like, I, I mean, we caught it. It's the first time we've ever seen it. Well, first, th first thing you want to do is don't believe everything you read on social media, right? Is yeah. it right, Trinity? Yeah. But go ahead. Uh, yeah. uh, Steve, what? Well, you know, my guess is, is what it does mean is, is a, you're getting this probably off the tree roots, Okay. Uh -huh. um, and so the roots may be dying. Is this an older tree? Oh, yeah. This yeah. tree is very old. So I you're mean, getting root dieback. Yeah, so you're yeah. probably getting root dieback in there or whatever. Um, so you're getting some, you know, roots that are dying off. And, and a lot of times you'll get those uh, those fungus, whatever's popping up from that or whatever. I had some of that in, in my yard here this spring, too, or whatever. Matter of fact, my dog was eating them, I think. Really? <laughs> so well, don't, yeah. don't let that happen. Yeah, we found out. So anyway, um, you know, again, as far as a descent, my guess is it, the tree is probably kind of on its way out anyway, just mm -hmm. because of old age. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that's actually killing the tree. It's just the tree's response of, mm -hmm. of, of old age and dying out. Mm -hmm. Kind of okay. like kidney so, failure, huh? Yeah. Because you How said. How many years do you think that it would mean before this tree? Because I mean, if this tree comes down, it's, it's it would take out our house. I 
Well, I you, mean, Dave was really surprised at how big a tree this was. <laughs> yeah, so the, the main thing is to kind of watch the top, you know, as far as okay. the branches and stuff. If you're getting large branches that are dying that are dying back or dying out and stuff, whatever, then that, you know, can be a, an issue for, you know, breaking off in storms. And, and if, if they're close to the house, you know, that's not, never, never a good thing. So, you know, keep an eye on the top, and, and, and that'll kind of determine maybe when, when you probably need to actually take the tree out completely. And the other thing, okay. you said that they're growing right at the base, right? Yeah, there was, it's just at the base, and there was, it was mostly on around one little root of the tree that you can see going out towards the ground, but then there was like a small cluster kind of at the bottom that was in the groove of okay. the trunk, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So that's another area I'd keep an eye on and watch for decay to form in there. Yeah. Because okay. if it's, if it's coming at the bottom of it like that then you're getting like this like a butt rot or a crown rot kind of situation and then it can start to leave a decay cavity and then it's then you got decay going through the whole tree and then it's a lot more of a of a hazard as well so that's another area to keep in mind exactly I, both okay. the top and right at the bottom where you're seeing those mushrooms form um, but i would say you know make sure that as you see them kind of pull them back so that pets don't eat them and, and kids and things okay. like that i mean um these are not going to be edible mushrooms by any means yeah. so um just making sure that nothing uh scavenging on that um, so just pick them out do you, yeah. do you spray roundup on it or would nope. that make it worse no that's not going to do anything for nope. them there is okay. no um fungicides don't work on mushrooms it's not that kind of fungus oh, okay. <laughs> so um okay. but um yeah, yeah so definitely um just keep an eye on the tree like steve said um it's not like i i doubt it's going to go tomorrow if it looks right. great yeah. but just watch for more dieback and more damage and you're in beatrice so you can always call me i can come take a look at it too um if yeah, you're okay. starting to see more dieback or something and you're concerned just uh give me a call i can come assess it for you um but all right yeah so uh yeah there, there's there's not a lot you can do once that starts to set in, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that's so. really sad because the owners that had this house for 50-plus years before that, this tree's in some of the pictures they sent us. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, it's a beautiful, huge tree. I'd hate to see it go, but, you know, time happens. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, right. All right. Well, listen, thank you for your call, Trinity, and uh, call back anytime. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bet. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, we'll be back right after uh, this guess what we burnt through 90 minutes of yard and garden live is it incredible or what huh? i can't believe it, it just mm -hmm. goes so fast you know time flies when you're having so much fun something like that and uh i got to hear you say butt rot now you know that's <laughs> you I had like to bring the, it up i yeah, like I that it I, is an actual arborist term well sure it FYI. is sure it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great. anyway Thanks. um Thank you so much, uh, uh, Steve, uh, for coming down. And um, my pleasure. You know, pleasure. because it's, it's, you. it's just been, uh, you know, it, ever since the very first day that it was in February or a year that it was in February, you've been here. Uh, and of course, you and are, only COVID keeps me away. And, <laughs> only, and, uh, and only the, 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 the only person that was sitting there on the outside of the Jefferson County Fairgrounds. When the three to four hundred, I don't know, five hundred pound steer comes, it gets bigger every yeah, time. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does have a tendency to grow, doesn't it? Come, got away from one of the uh, four H's and was running right at our broadcast spot. Anyway, 
uh, it's been great, and I, you know, I hope uh, we get to see you again. Yeah, I know yeah. you're 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 yep. thinking about, you know, like everybody else is kind of getting up in the age where you might be retiring one of these days. Well, that would be nice. But <laughs> that's what people have done it. Tell me anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's something to be said for it. Uh, well, I'll tell you. We still got uh, a few years with him. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, we we do. And I want to thank you. Coming back. What a what a great bunch of uh, information you bring with you when you come. So that's well, always thank you good. Thank for coming. Yeah. Appreciate it. And uh, who do we have coming up? Rock Gaswa is on next week. So get those turf questions ready. He's he's going to know your turf questions. I tell you, he is a turf expert and much better at that than I am. All right. And uh, so until then, uh, like I said, keep it green and keep it growing.